Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam. Hey to the hey, 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 hey. 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 <laughs> I thought I would switch oh, it up this week. Oh yeah, I can see that. Uh, how was your weekend, Tam? Weekend was most excellent. Before I even talk about my weekend, how was yours? Well, actually, my weekend was fantastic. I did a lot of stuff, but it was just more like productive stuff, like just around the house. I had, I got my laundry done. I cleaned up uh, my house a little bit. Went to Target, bought some things for my restroom. You know, just typical stuff like that. But it was even better when my Houston Rockets beat the San Antonio Spurs to tie the series up 2-2. Yeah. I, we got to go to San Antonio to game five. I think San Antonio, they may be done. They may pull it out, but I think they may be done. But either way, it's a win-win for you. It's both, you know, Texas. I know you're yeah, you know, more of a Houston. I, well, because, you know, I'm originally from San Antonio, born and raised the early part of my life there. But, you know, my mother moved us to Houston when I was still very young. But at the time when I got older and my friends you know, we're watching basketball at the time. I was in Houston, so I just kind of went with the whole Rockets thing because my friends were Rockets fans, and I, I wasn't even watching basketball at the time when I was in San Antonio. It was too small and too little to understand the game, really, at that point. But, you know, I do love the San Antonio Spurs. I love that organization. I love the way that, that Popovich has coached that team for so many years. But, you know, you have to kind of respect a team like that, even though they might you know, be in quotations, quote unquote, boring. But you know what? Fundamentally, they're just one of the best teams that have been around for a long time. And, and, and I respect that in that manner. Okay, really quick before we jump into some NASCAR talk, do you see the Warriors and or the Cleveland Cavaliers sweeping to the title? Oh, boy, it's a good possibility, Tam. I mean, they look really good. Both those teams look really good. <laughs> it's ridiculous how good both of those teams look. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. And as much as I want my Rockets to make it to the finals, they're not going to get, nobody's going to get past Golden State. It's going to be Golden State and, and Cleveland again. I still see Cleveland winning again. Okay. Well, we'll see how it all unfolds. So let's jump into some NASCAR talk and this will answer how my weekend was because my weekend was all about NASCAR. If you follow us on social media, you should know. Your girl Tam was at Talladega. There are two races that I don't miss, and that's Talladega and Daytona. And why? Because I like restrictor plate racing. And yeah. Talladega lived up to the hype. There wasn't any accidents until the big one, as if you watched it, you already know, which was right. very intriguing because we almost set a record. I mean, literally, there were no accidents. There were, what, four cautions, maybe five yeah. before the big one came. So just to give you a quick rundown of my weekend, got into Atlanta. Thanks to the good people over at Ford, they left me a Ford Fusion. So I had an opportunity to put the Ford Fusion on the highway. And if you don't know, I'm going to let you know now. The Ford Fusion is the car that they run in the races. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different, but it is a Fusion that is being run during NASCAR races. So that yeah. was a privilege for me. And thank you. And shout out to Ford and Ford Performance for actually giving me the opportunity to put the Ford Fusion on the road. The drive from Atlanta to Talladega is roughly about an hour, 45 minutes, I guess you oh, could say. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad yeah, at no, all. Yeah, no, not bad at all. So got there. I was actually on Saturday supposed to do a pace car ride around the track with Ryan Reed. Unfortunately, the track was still a little, little bit wet, so they were drying the track. The jet dryers were out, so I didn't get a chance to do the pace ride. But the rest of my weekend was still most excellent. Got a chance to hang out with some of the Ford Performance PR team. I mean, I can't say enough about Dan and Scott. They really, 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 I mean, these guys just went the extra mile to make sure 
that I was accommodated and having a great time. That's fantastic too. Yeah. You know, even though they realized that, you know, I'm, I've been around the block, sort of speak with the whole NASCAR stuff. It really just kind of made me feel welcome. So shout outs to those two guys. So my weekend pretty much was hanging out at the track, in and out the media center, got a chance to interview my man, Clint Boyer. Wow. Oh, yeah. How fantastic was that, Tim? Oh God. I was, I'm never nervous. I don't know if I was nervous. I can't really call call it. I don't know what happened. Interview was great. It wasn't exactly the way I wanted it to be. I think I just got a little nervous. I don't know. I don't I don't want to call it nerves. I, I had to pinpoint <laughs> what was happening. You know, Clint just makes you feel so comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, I'm gonna be professional at all times, but he was entertaining and speaking to a group of people before I started to, or before our interview. So I had an opportunity to listen in on that. And then I formulated some of my questions based on what I overheard him talking about. So actually a little bit later in the show, I'm going to play a snippet of that, but let's awesome. Yeah. So, but just finishing really quick. So my first question to Clint was kind of based on that. And I'm not quite sure if I'm going to play that for you guys. So what I'm actually going to do, you can find the full article written Q&A on our website. But a little later in the show, we will play a little snippet of our interview, give you a little taste of what me and Clint talked about. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So in addition to talking to Clint Boyer, I had an opportunity, again, thanks to Ford, to shadow and hang out with the number 17 team. So I pretty much watched them set up the pit stall. And again, I've I've seen this done before, but never from start to finish. So I actually mm. stood there, watched these guys unpack, load up, set up, and complete the whole process, which was pretty neat. I got a chance to ask a few questions, questions that probably to them were like, what is she asking us this for? (laughs) But nonetheless, they were questions that I never would have had an opportunity to ask. So one thing I will drop on you, I noticed that, and this is for our cooking fans, you know, people who cook, I don't necessarily, well, I cook, so I can't say I don't cook. I actually cook every day, but I don't use Pam, that spray stuff. What I learned, I saw a can of Pam spray next to all these other, you know, sprays that seem like they belong. The one thing that didn't seem like it belonged was the can of Pam. So I asked one of the pit guys, I said, hey, what is this about? And he told me that they use it when there's uh, dust from the brakes. They kind of use it. It helps it not stick, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. wow. Yeah, you learn That's something crazy. every I day. I guess that. I, not in a million years. I was like, why wow. is there Pam there? You know? But, and apparently this has been around NASCAR for years. So that was just really a great learning opportunity because for us, I think we don't really get very technical on this podcast. We don't break down aerodynamics and, you know, dirty air. And we never really talk about that. But it was kind of intriguing to me to actually, you know, stand there and have someone who does this every weekend answer some of the questions that I probably never would have gotten answered from a tech standpoint. Right. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, Last thing about my weekend before we jump into the race recap was I just had an awesome freaking time. That is all. How about that? Yeah, Tim, you know, I was watching and it just seemed like the whole the whole weekend there at Talladega just turned out to be a really nice weekend there. I mean, it turned out to be good weather. The people looked like they were enjoying themselves, and the stands were packed. And I was like, wow, okay. It looked like that was a good turnout for Talladega. The stands were packed, I must say that. I will tell you, I do recall having a feeling that it felt empty. I know mm-hmm. that's weird, but pit roll wasn't chaotic as it usually is there was some kind of empty feeling that I had I I can't really explain it but I remember thinking like it just didn't feel the energy felt off to me I think that's what it was but once the race got started I looked in the stands and was like wow okay yeah people showed up but again I did 
recall feeling even pit road wasn't on both sides prior to the race you know when the drivers are out before they get in the car that felt a little kind of off and on the other side you know once the race is going people are on pit road that felt a little kind of i don't know i don't know the word to explain the feeling that i had but it just like when daytona it was Mm. like daytona you know you remember walking down pit road just bumping into people you know people (laughs) stepping on your toes because it was just that many people i didn't quite feel that same energy but i did think the race was great yeah you know it's so different tab too and and anybody out there who's ever been to a race you know the vibe is always different from what you see on television and then what you what you see and you you feel being literally at the race i mean it's a completely different experience and i'm a big believer in that in anything but uh i would imagine that being there at the race you get a different vibe other than just sitting back on your couch watching it on, on a tv set what i think in just my own opinion it seems like talladega is probably better than most tracks when it comes to tailgating because oh, is that it really? yeah oh my god that whole section of motorhomes i mean it's some you know at the track but then across the street from the track there's a whole nother situation going on and it seems very intense and very full and many 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 people are out tailgating which you know this is the one thing i'll always say sometimes the stand situation can be deceiving you know if the stands look empty that does not taken to account that there are a lot of people who drove their motorhomes that are actually at the race but are sitting tailgating right so just an observation but nonetheless let's jump into talladega recap as we know ricky stenhouse won i like to think i have something to do with that because (laughs) this week i did have an opportunity to shadow his team i think i kind of dropped a little fairy dust, a little good luck go. dust on him because what <laughs> it was he meant did, to be, Tim. It was it meant, was to, meant be. to be. I mean, what this guy did was incredible. I was there when they were qualifying and I mean, the crowd that came out for qualifying when Dale Jr. for that hot second was on the pole, the crowd went bananas. When Ricky Stenhouse came and took the pole from Dale Jr., The energy went out the whole stands just as quick as it came. It was a thunderous roar like, yay for Dale. And then Ricky Stenhouse came and it was like, what? You know, in fact, we we joked and said that Ricky better watch out because Dale Jr. fans are not going to be happy. You know, Tim, I was I was going to say what's so funny is I remember last week when we were picking our our winners and our dark horses. And I'm thinking to myself, you know. And then when I remember you text, you texted me and you said, uh, Dale just, you know, got the poll. And I was like, Oh, wow. I was like, man, right on. And, uh, I mean, well, to be honest, I mean, did we really think Ricky Stenhouse was going to, you know, come and take that from him? I don't think anybody in a million years thought that it happened much so less, fast. Much less win the race. I mean, it happened so fast. It was like, Dale has the poll. No, Dale doesn't. Ricky just took it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, even at the end of the race, I'm sitting there going, okay. Well, it's either going to be the person that I picked or it's going to be the driver that I picked as my dark horse because Kyle Busch and, and Jimmy Johnson were running, you know, top one and two at there for a moment, you know, and then and then I figured, OK, well, it looks like Kyle Busch is going to hang on. And this is why cautions are so I don't know if important is the word, but cautions mean everything towards the end of the race because anything can happen on a restart. And when I just saw Ricky uh, just on Kyle's tail. I knew this was not going to be good. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I just, and then when I saw Ricky Stenhouse make that move and then go into first, and then I was like, I mean, the look on Kyle Bush's wife's face was probably the same look I had on my face. <laughs> well, like, you know, Samantha is kind of theatrical. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, Samantha is Samantha, and I understand it, but it just seems like her look was replicating the same look that I had. Like, I can't believe that this just, just happened. Although, don't get me wrong, although I was happy for Ricky, Tam, I don't want to take away from that. I was really happy for that kid. And he said something during the post-race interview that I thought was very interesting. And he was like, you know, we've been terrible for a long time. And it's nice to get, you know, in the winner's circle and put that team, you know, back where where 
where it's used to being, and that's in the winner's circle. And I thought that spoke volumes from Ricky. And he's right. They have been, they have been crappy for a long time, but it is nice to see, you know, Ricky Stenhouse put that team back in the winner's circle. Well, before we jump into our top 10, I wanted to take it a step back before Ricky actually won and talk about the big one. I was in the media center. That's probably the longest I've ever spent in the media center. And I was itching to get out. But I was unfortunately having issues with coverage. And so I had to go in the media center to get on the Wi-Fi to actually post to social media. I wanted to make sure I was updating our listeners on Twitter, as well as Instagram, you know, just some things that were happening on the track. So once I got that done, something said, get back out on the track. Literally, I was on the track two minutes before the big one came. And I was actually devastated. That's the only word to say when I saw AJ turned up like that, turned upside down. And we know we see accidents all the time, but being on the track, there was no word as to what was going on. I couldn't see if he was moving. He seemed to be in the car forever. So I was maybe five pits down from AJ's team. And I said, let me get down there and see how their reaction is, because that'll tell me everything I need to know. So luckily AJ was okay. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is too, you probably don't see this at home, but whenever there's some type of accident like that, a lot of the journalists and media that are covering the race, they run over to the infield care center to catch the drivers when they're coming out to get their media quotes. So uh-huh. I said, let me get over there because, uh, you know, you had Chase involved in this accident. You had Joey Lagan. You had a bunch of drivers that were in the infield, you know, in yep. the infield care center so i was so happy when aj walked out he was you know aj uh, he wasn't cracking jokes typically like aj does but it was great to just see that the guy was okay chase was okay everybody was okay that was involved in that accident because it was pretty scary for me to be on the track watching i think you're right tam you know it's one thing when we see rex on a track but I can't remember when's the last time we've actually had a big wreck like that where drivers have gone almost somewhat airborne and landed upside down on a track. Just, I mean, you know, from watching it from a, a fan standpoint, when you're watching it on TV, it seems like it's a lot worse just because I don't know. And then they keep replaying it and replaying it from different angles, you know, and that's what I like when, when, when you're watching it on TV. But when you're there, like you were, Tam, like in person and you get to have the ability to run over there, like what you were saying with all the journalists that get to go and run to try to get the, uh, you know, the, the quotes, that's got to be a different experience. Yeah, indeed it is. Again, I was just, I straddled this fence of media and fan. I like to think I'm a fan first and then I'm media, but, you know, maybe I'm media, then I'm a fan. Who knows? But from a fan standpoint and a fan of AJ Amendinger, if you listen or have listened to any of our shows, hopefully you have, you know that I am an AJ Amendinger fan and I'm a Clint Boyer fan. Those are my drivers. I root for a lot of drivers, but in terms of personality, those are the two who I look for to be comical, to just have something to say, something noteworthy to say, not to be cookie cutter, you know, because that's one thing I'm starting to dislike, to be honest, about some of the NASCAR drivers is that they're repetitive in terms of how they deliver things. It's like, yeah, okay, no, yes, uh, uh. Right. I want to see personality. We say what we want to say about Joy, but one thing I will tell you, Joy gives you a little bit of personality every time he speaks because he always does it with a smile on his face. Whether it's a sarcastic <laughs> smile or not, he's always, yeah, I know. you know. It's that little smirk that he always has. <laughs> yeah, just... it's just like, yeah, whatever. But um <laughs> so any of it, I can go on and on, but glad that those guys were okay. So yeah. Really quick, our top 10 and our points leaders. So our top 10 from Talladega, after the big one took out a bunch of people, we had Ricky Stenhouse as our number one P1 spot taker. Jamie McMurray, quietly runner up in second place. How about that? Now, Kyle Busch, I'm disappointed for Kyle because 
You know, when Kyle's in a league, it's rare if Kyle ever lets somebody take something from him. And yeah. Ricky took it from him. Point yeah. blank simple. Eric Amarola, and we should definitely talk about him a little bit later in the show. He came in fourth. Casey Kane, hey, top five finish. He came in fifth. Kurt, Kurt Bush quietly came in sixth. Brad Keselowski, seventh. Jimmy Johnson, eighth. Paul Menard, ninth. And David Reagan, tenth. Those two, Paul Menard and David Reagan, I had no idea that they came in ninth and tenth until I looked at the standings. <laughs> That's good for them. Um, yeah. some, some other notables to mention, Denny Hamlin, who actually led 43 laps, came in 11th. Kyle Larson, this is like the second week in a row that Kyle wasn't top five because I don't believe he was top five last week. I don't think um, so either. Yeah, Kyle Larson was 12th. My man Clint Boyer was 14th. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. was 22nd. So I mentioned that Denny Hamlin actually led 43 laps. Mm. Kyle Busch led 48 laps. Which is crazy. And again, I just felt that Ricky Stenhouse took that race from him. But that's just my own opinion. Yeah, uh, it really it really seemed like he did. Uh, that's why I was saying, you know, I really believed at one point as it was getting down into the top or, or the last 10 laps. Tim, I just ha I, I'm watching this and I'm going, OK, Kyle should win this. Like Kyle should win this race. And you're right. It's very rare that you get to a point of the race that like that where he's in the lead and he gives it up. But I am in complete agreement with you that at the end of that, regardless of, of a caution and restart or not, Ricky took that from him. Ricky was like, I am going to get this win. He, <laughs> I mean, it was most excellent watching him those last three or four laps, put the block on, going up, going down. He did it. As we yeah. would say, he did the damn thing. Yeah, so, he did. And I'm and not what taking I, it from him. And you know what I thought was so interesting was Danica Patrick and she was involved in that and the big the big wreck as well. You know, she was the second person that came to meet him in the winner's circle, which by by the way, I I think that's probably the closest Danica's ever gonna get in the winner's circle. But it's amazing how Ouch. You, yeah, right. I, that's not a jab. I'm not well, you better you better give our disclaimer if you're gonna say yeah, things. We're like gonna that. make a disclaimer. Look, me and Tam, we're not Danica haters. We're just saying we're not Danica fans. All right, that's all we're saying. But I thought it was really, really nice though at the fact that you know she was involved in that wreck, but she was quick to be there in the winner's circle when Ricky Stenhouse won that race. I really actually thought that was that was fantastic. Well, you got to support your man. Believe yes, it or not, yes, Ricky only left 14 laps. Yeah. And, and if I bring that up because it's really interesting considering he was the pole winner. But and he, if I recall, like he led the first couple of laps and then Dale kind of was on his heels and something happened and he kind of fell back. I'm not sure if it was a tire, I don't recall, but I do remember saying, dang, what happened? And then he came back towards the end to lead the most important laps. Right. Um, so I guess that's all that mattered. He led the last <laughs> lap. One, uh, oh, Points leaders, just a quick point standing oh, yeah, update. Kyle Larson is still holding down <sighs> the number one spot. That is mind-boggling. And this goes back to that whole stage racing stuff. And I actually asked Clint Boyer his thoughts on stage racing. I'm not going to tell you what he said, but, you know, you can read about it once the article is live. But, yeah, it's just stage racing is starting to become very interesting. But Kyle Larson is in the first spot in standings and he is holding down the first spot by almost 150 points over Martin Truex Jr. who's in second. Brad Keselowski's in third. Chase Elliott's fourth. Jamie McMurray fifth. Wow. Logano sixth. Harvick seventh. Jimmy Johnson eighth. Clint Boyer is in ninth. How about that? And Kyle Busch is in tenth. And again, what makes this interesting is because we know Brad has won two races and Jimmy Johnson has won two races, but yet Brad is in third and Jimmy Johnson's in eighth. And Jamie McMurray hasn't even won a race, nor has Chase Elliott for that matter, and they're respectively in fourth and fifth. Wow, that's that's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, very, very, very interesting. Again, we won't really know the significance of this stage racing. Until we get to the end and we see yeah. how it plays out. So on that note, let's listen to a little bit of my interview with 
Clint Boyer. All righty. My first question to Clint was, what is it like driving against the younger guys now versus some of the older guys or even some of the retired guys? And here's what he had to say. Well, here's the thing. I think racing in general has has changed quite a bit. I think, uh, you know, just the, what I've been doing it 12 years now. So when you say older drivers, I think veteran drivers like myself, like, like Jeff Gordon was, you know, who I learned from, um, Kevin Harvick, you know, I just think the aspect of, of patience, um, you know, we got stages now, you know, you can't, it's, you used to race a three and a half, sometimes four hour races, um, to get to the end of the race when that pay window is open to make a living to win that race to win a championship um you know now the the sense of urgency is is so much more um you've got to be fast you know these cars the tires everything has changed so much um used to be you couldn't make you know 500 laps at bristol a qualifying lap because the car wouldn't take it you'd blow a tire you would have uh, engine failure you would you would abuse the car enough to where it wouldn't get to the end and give you that chance of a win so you know with technology being where it is today and the cars being so much better it's just uh the game has changed so much so you know comparing the younger generation drivers to the older i think we've just all experienced that you know and it's kind of hard sometimes for us to to put ourselves in a qualifying lap procedure every single lap you're out there like these kids have grown accustomed to because they've never been in a situation where they had to to uh you know manage their tires manage their race car to get it to the end so do you think they have an advantage over these punk kids <laughs> yeah they're young they're young and dumb and and they're extremely talented and here's the thing about them being young when we came into the sport, I only had like a, a year and a half of seat time in a race car before I got my opportunity in cup on asphalt. That was it. A year and a half of asphalt experience in general. Never been in a heavy car. Never done any of this stuff. These kids are racing. And I only raced two nights a week. You know, these kids are racing all over the country all the time. Um, you know, tons of experience behind the wheel, um, you know, before they ever got to this stage. I grew up racing motorcycles, you know what I mean? I mean, they, these kids have, have lived their whole lives focused on getting that opportunity, getting these heavy race cars, having the radial tires, and, and you know, going to bat. Okay, so <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll let you do the honors of talking about your man, Dale Jr. Oh, before you say anything, I live in Los Angeles. I don't know about you, Renee, but do you ever shop at Walmart? You're probably like, where is a Walmart? Like, I, I just think we're a little bougie. I, hopefully you guys know yeah. what the word bougie is. People yeah. in L.A. We're I try about, not to. <laughs> well, we're about Target. And for those who don't know, we're about Target, as in that big red dot. Oh, you right. should know Target. You know Kyle Larson's car. So while I was in Talladega, I'm going to be honest and very personal, but I'm not embarrassed only because I met a guy who made a joke and said something and I'll tell you what it is and then I'll tell you about the joke. But I realized that two things. One, I somehow left my portable recorder microphone on so the battery was there so i needed to get a uh -huh. battery and second i said oh god i forgot some deodorant <laughs> oh. <laughs> so oh i said let me stop at walmart because they were open it was probably around seven o'clock in the morning before is is a walmart maybe about 10 minutes from talladega super speedway yeah so i stopped in there and guess what i bought myself I bought myself a Dale Jr. number 88 camouflage hat. Oh, my goodness. Is that right? In Walmart. And it was so cheap. It was only $14.95. And that's a big deal because I remember the last fan merchandise that I actually bought. I get a lot of fan merchandise for free for whatever reason. So I hardly ever have to buy anything. But I did buy myself a Tony Stewart hat last year. And that hat set me back like $25 or so. So to be able to get a Dell Jr. camouflage number 88 hat from Wall 
Walmart for $14.95 was definitely a treat. So shout out to Walmart. I can't say I'll ever go back to Walmart anytime soon because mm-hmm. I just, I'm a Target girl. That's what we do in California. We shop at Target, not Walmart. No disrespect to the Walmart shoppers, but all I know about Walmart is all those funny photos that I see of people who shop at Walmart. But it was nothing <laughs> like that. It was actually pretty cool. But oh, any of it, photos, you got to just love the funny Walmart yeah, photos. Indeed. So, Renee, I'll let you do the honors. I think we need to kind of address this Dell Jr. Is his luck still bad or is it good? Or Yeah, you know, um, and for you listeners out there, if you watched the race, obviously, and I'm sure that you did. Dale Jr., at one point of the race, which was actually literally almost right after the big wreck, he had a tire come loose, which forced him to make a an un- unscheduled pit stop where he had to come in and get it taken care of. Now, he mentioned after the race that when he made that unscheduled pit stop because of that tire coming loose, he was only down to one lug nut down. He, there was literally only one lug nut left on that tire, which was also coming undone. So that tire literally almost came off the car, which would have been a disaster in general. But the whole thing about that tire issue, Tam, was just part of what's been going on with with his luck lately since this whole year. You know what I mean? Uh, Really, tell you the truth. You know, that's why when we thought he was going to win the poll, I was thinking, oh my goodness, well then this might be a good sign. This might be a a telltale sign, you know, maybe this might be a, a you know a good sign that he might do well at Talladega. He could win Talladega. But then, you know, you see this this kind of stuff happen again. And he said and he mentioned that it was the same problem that he had they had in Atlanta. So I don't know what's going on. And I don't know if this is just part of the bad luck that's uh, kind of just following him right now. But I mean, obviously, the car could never really recover to make progress. So that's why he finished where he finished, which I believe was 22nd. But I don't know what's going on with the whole team, what's going on with the car. I just think it's just one of those things where it's just unfortunate bad luck that's going on. And um, I'd like to see it turn around because, I mean, you know, this is going to be his last year. And I want to see Dale Jr. go out on some high notes. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. This good luck, bad luck thing with him is crazy because it's happening so fast. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you're on the pole, then you're not on the pole because Ricky Stenhouse comes and takes it yeah. from you. And they were like some of the last drivers to qualify. So, or, you know, to run. So yeah. it was like, in an instance, they went from good to bad. But I guess the thing is, he still was on the front row. The fact that he actually was able to maneuver and not get caught up in the big one was good luck. Yeah. And he emerged. And oh, one thing I do want to add, I appreciate Dale Jr. fans, but I kind of felt, and this is coming from the heart, I'm sorry, but when Dale Jr. came through, the crowd cheered and I felt that I got it, but I felt that you also had AJ Amadinger turned upside down without a word as to what was going on. So maybe cheering at that moment for Dale wasn't the correct thing to do. Like, let's make sure all of our (laughs) drivers are safe first. But nonetheless, so you had Dale emerge from the wreckage unscathed. And, you know, he, I believe he was in third. So it was like, okay, we ended up being under caution for a bit of a time until they cleaned up the track. And Dale was racing good until he had the tire issue. So again, this is that good luck, bad luck thing. It went from good to bad, good to bad, good to bad. Yeah. But I guess we should just be thankful that he actually did finish the race and he finished without any real drama as in terms yeah, of he, an accident. He did, he did mention that, Tam, that he was th- just glad that, that the team was able to stay out on the track and not have to uh, go to the garage and end the day. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things, though, that you kind of like, you listen to him talk about it, but you could tell he was still disappointed at the fact that they they didn't finish where they, they would have liked to finish. So hopefully things will turn around, you know, pretty soon here, because uh, I'm sure Junior Nation really is looking forward to uh, some better luck going further. Junior Nation is definitely looking for something else. We got so much to talk about, and we have to do this stuff really quickly. Thoughts on Kyle Bush comment where he says, we go to a real racetrack next week. What do you think about that? 
I, you know, Tim, I'm not sure what to make of that. You know, it's like um, he's so frustrated and uh, you can hear it almost every week when he talks. And it's, you know, it, it's it's about a racetrack. It's about tire issues. Uh, it's about this. It's about that. And you're like, wow. I mean, so you can hear the frustration in him, Tim. But this guy is just itching to just get back in the winner's circle. That, that That's all that matters to Kyle Busch right now. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. I will have to agree with that. But he's just bitching. I'm not saying he's bitching to be bitching because he does have some valid things to bitch about for yeah. lack of a other word to use other than bitch. <laughs> right. um, he, because, you know, I guess for the past couple of weeks, it's been him bitching about the tires. So now he's bitching about the track. Next week, he'll be bitching about something else. Okay, <laughs> I've used that word bitching entirely too much. Moving on, Danica, you mentioned her earlier in the winner circle and you made a comment that she probably won't ever get back to the winner circle. Mm. Question, we talked about it in the past in regards to her almost somewhat quietly hinting at retirement. She was involved in the big one. She said if she took another hit, she was going to have to start reconsidering some things. Yeah. She took another hit. What do you think? You know, I'm sure that after she, you know, got out of her car and got checked out and whatnot, I would imagine, Tam, that it would surprise me if it ran through her mind at that moment. Like, wow, that was obviously that has to be scary, you know, male or female. If you're in a car and you get in a wreck like that, that that's, that's just got to be a, a scary moment. And to be thankful that you come out of there, you know, uh, unscathed, just like, you know. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if she thought about it at that moment and just said, you know, the, the, this is just something that tells me that I'm okay and ready to hang this up. Now, whether she does it or not and whether she acts upon it or not is still yet to be seen, obviously. But I would imagine she it's, it's going to happen. It, it, it's going to happen probably sooner than later. I think that, you know, maybe next week we should kind of revisit this. I would really be interested to know when her agreement is up with her team what her sponsorship situation is like, because yeah. it, it very well is a possibility. We'll keep you guys posted on that. We took that poll last week, and I was kind of shocked at the results of people saying they wanted her gone now, but I don't feel that way. We always talk a little bit about her, and we have our disclaimer about not being Danica haters, but not being fans of Danica. Danica has continued to improve. You know, it takes time. But I think the problem with her, and I'll relate this back to NBA and basketball, LeVar Bell and Lorenzo Bell, it sure is a bunch of hype. Yeah. You're advertising a $500 shoe before you even step one foot on the NBA court. You better live up to the hype. So with Danica, it was a lot of hype. And who's to say whether she lived up to it or not? In my opinion, I can't say she has, but unfortunately, when you have that much hype and you don't go out and win, you get a lot of backlash. So I feel like she definitely is continuously a victim of backlash. Some of it is unfair, especially now, because I remember two or three years ago, she was always in the wrong place at the wrong time. If it was an accident, you knew Danica was somehow some way involved. She's not right. like that anymore. So I give her props. I mean, as much as I think that I can drive, I couldn't be in a race car at Talladega going 200 miles an hour. So, <laughs> hey, and most of you listeners can't either. So cut Danica some slack. There you go. Erica Marola. He won. <laughs> he won the Xfinity race. But guess what? He failed. He failed that inspection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we mentioned earlier he came in fourth place in the cup race. So hate to see the guy fail post-race inspection. but. Eric finally is winning. He still needs to win in the number 43 and, you know, the King Richard Petty's car yeah. in the cup race. But he made it through the big one at Talladega and came home with a P4 finish. So maybe it's a matter of time. I don't you know. know. I, you never know. I think this is kind of like um, when you look at it. And, and even though there, there was a big wreck and it took out a lot of the field there a little bit, uh, you know, it's always nice to kind of something unfortunate like that, but is fortunate for other drivers that, the, you know, they get to kind of get back in a position that they're not familiar with. And Eric Amarola to, to finish fourth, 
in Jamie McMurray finishing second. You know, it's nice to see that. Casey Kane coming in in the top five as well, or the top 10 at least. It's nice to see those drivers that used to be there and then they're not there anymore. It's good to see them back in, in those type of positions again. And by the way, that Jamie McMurray coming in second, that move that he made at the end of the race, threading that needle between Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson was absolutely phenomenal. I don't know if you saw that, but that was absolutely be- a beautiful move. Well, here's the thing about Jamie. Jamie has won the Daytona 500. He's won at Talladega, if I'm not mistaken. He, I know he's won a lot of the bigger races. Mm-hmm. So, and Jamie last year was in the chase. Yeah. And Jamie's no, you know, he's no slouch by any means. That guy can run. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of when and will he win again. And I think being teammates with the young guy, Kyle Larson, may have sparked something in him as well because he's been running pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Uh, hot topics in NASCAR. We have talked about attendance. We've talked about ratings. Ratings were down for Talladega, unfortunately. Uh-huh. But what seems to be, I guess, somewhat of a hot topic, I don't even know if it's a hot topic, but I recall reading something about some drones are going to be on the track. Do you know much about that, Renee? Yeah, Tam, there was an article uh, from the Delaware State News uh, by a gentleman by the name of Mike Finney. And apparently at the Dover International Speedway in June, it'll be the first race where they're going to allow drones to cover the NASCAR race to a certain extent where they're going to be hovering around the track up in the air. And this is the first time that NASCAR fans will be able to see a race in this manner which I think is actually really kind of cool. I mean, if anybody knows anything about drones, they're really, really cool things to to see and to have. People use them in in weddings now. I mean, they use drones for everything and you can use them for anything. You know, obviously uh, people kind of relate to them, you know, for military purposes, but, you know, you can use them for for a lot of fun things. And now NASCAR is going, going to allow drones to be used at the Dover International Speedway in June for the first time ever. And it's just a sneak peek of, you know, what fans can expect in the future. They're going to also use them in the uh, winter circle at the end of the race. So I guess it's just going to, NASCAR is just trying to give NASCAR fans a different view of the race in, in a drone kind of way. And I think that that's really, really cool to have. Well, it sounds awesome. You know, aerial shots that you are able to obtain from a drone are amazing. So can't wait to see how that pans out. It is that time of the show where we talk about our fan comment of the week, as well as some predictions. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this fan comment of the week is going to be taken straight from the man, Dale Jr. himself, as well as the NASCAR Reddit board. Apparently, in Dale Jr.'s post-race video that he does on and post to Twitter after each race, he mentioned, and it was very vague because I actually remember watching it. He vaguely mentioned that the merchandise trailers that he heard that they were coming back to replace the tents. And if you've been to any races this year, NASCAR replaced the haulers, the individual haulers with Uh a big gigantic tent. I personally don't like the tent where, you know, you can go buy merchandise. I just like the haulers. I think the haulers kind of give you that NASCAR old school, let's go buy some merchandise. And in fact, I bought those Dale Jr. socks from the Fanatics tent a few races ago, and the socks are like $16. I'm sorry, but $16 socks, uh, I don't know about that. $16 for a pair of socks, okay. Yeah, so... Junior actually commented on it. Well, not on the $16 socks, of course, but he commented (laughs) on the fact that the merchandise trailers may be coming back to replace the tent. And I am going to read a few comments that people chimed in on, you know, what people had to say. So one person says, from what I understand, the tent won't be in Kansas, but will still make appearances at the bigger races, All-Star 600, Homestead, Daytona 500, etc. The inability to quickly pack up and protect merchandise from the rain, which destroyed a lot of merch over the course of the tent's lifetime, and the time required to set up slash tear down the entire tent at the beginning slash end of the weekend really was the major factors. With the trailers, you just remove a few hanging items from the door, close it up, 
and no need to fold, sort, and put away hundreds of items as they've already are all packed up. So somebody chimed and said, the rain aspect makes a ton of sense. Other people go on to say, one commenter says, I wonder exactly how much SHIT was destroyed at Bristol alone with all the rays. He, you know, talks about some other things. And these comments are pretty much pertaining to the rain, but I'm going to kind of jump down and look at some other comments where someone says, and this is pretty much my opinion. They says, thank the powers that be. If that is true, the tent makes everything feel so sterile and empty. That is my sentiment is that it does feel sterile and empty. Again, I'm not a NASCAR fan from the seventies, eighties when the tents or when the haulers, in fact, I don't even know when the haulers first came about, but I do know they were around when I became a NASCAR fan and started going to the tracks. And it was one of the highlights of my time on the track when in fact I would go to the fan zone is actually looking at the merchandise from the haulers. Somebody may say having it all in one place under a tent is great. I don't like it like that. It does feel like a pop-up sterile and empty shop. So them going back to having it predominantly in the individual haulers makes a lot of sense to me. And Continuing with that comment of the person that says the tent makes everything feel so sterile and empty, this commenter also says, add to that the long checkout lines, the absolute wreck of merchandise within the tents themselves and the hordes running over each other. The tent was just an ill-conceived ideal. I will gladly welcome the trailers back. They make the midway outside the track feel more, much more alive rather than the one tent. A few local tents, the Chevy display and the AAA display. So basically the sentiments are bring the freaking haulers back. One other commenter says, I've been to them at Daytona, Talladega and Texas. And my experience was much better than the haulers at Bristol, Texas, Talladega, Kansas and Charlotte. And this was in reply to someone saying, I've gone through the tents and the trailers. Tents are way better. I like the ideal of being able to look at stuff without feeling like I'm rushed by the 20 people in line behind me. Now, another commenter says the tent is a sterile experience. I don't like it. I miss my haulers. Again, you have mixed feelings, but I can read more and more comments. But for the most part, a lot of these commenters are leaning towards the side of wanting to have the haulers back. So that is that. So now, Renee, unless you wanted to add something to that, you want to talk? You want to go into some predictions? We can totally go into some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Okay, Renee, who you got? Well, all right, Tam, here we go. I have been, I was always this close. Really this close, and my two fingers are really close together, how close I was to having one of the JGR drivers finally get in the winner's circle. And I still believe that it's going to happen really sooner than later. I'm going to go with one of the JGR drivers again. Now, Ricky Stenhouse might have spoiled all of that last week, but I really honestly believe that one of these drivers is going to do it. Now, Kyle Busch is just itching to win, and I want to go with Kyle. But you know which JGR driver I'm going to go with to win that race next week in Kansas? It's going to be Denny Hamlin. I knew you were going to say Denny Hamlin. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. I got to go with this guy. I think Denny Hamlin is going to be the guy that's going to come out and put JGR back in the winner's circle. And my dark horse, believe it or not, is going to be Kyle Busch. (laughs) Okay. So you're going with the Joe Gibbs guys all across the board. Okay. Fair enough. Not unreasonable. As we all know, before I give you my predictions, I give you the past 10 winners at the track as well as some fun facts. So without further ado, past 10, 2016, Kyle Busch, he took home the checker flag. 2015, and again, we're talking about the May race because now we actually run twice a year in Kansas. Right. May and October prior to and this just started at roughly around 2011, because prior to it was only one race in Kansas each year. Again, 2016, Kyle Busch. 2015, Jimmy Johnson. 2014, Jeff Gordon. 
2013, Matt Kenseth took home the checkered flag. 2012, your boy Denny Hamlin was the winner at Kansas. 2011, we had Brad Keselowski. And this is not going to be a true top 10 or past 10 only because we didn't run in Kansas in May prior to 2011. So I guess I just gave you the past six. Yeah. I changed it up this week. So some fun facts. Jimmy Johnson is a three-time winner in Kansas. And Ryan Newman, no, I didn't mention him in the past six winners. But Ryan Newman won a race at Kansas in 2003, his only race, almost, what was that, 14 years ago. Yeah. He won in a Dodge, who's no longer in the sport. But I have a feeling they may be coming back to the sport soon, maybe. I don't know. I thought that was interesting that he hasn't won in 14 years. It also shows you how long Ryan has been running in this thing called NASCAR. That's crazy, right? Yeah, that that is crazy. Other quick fun fact, Joy Logano, Matt Kenseth, Kevin Harvick, all three of those guys are two-time winners in Kansas. In regards to the Xfinity Series, you already know what I'm about to say. That man, Kyle Busch, four-time winner. Yep. All he does is win. I mean, when it goes down in the history books, in fact, I feel like when Kyle Busch retires, they should just change it to the Kyle Busch series. They honor <laughs> how many races he's won because that guy, all he does is win. Yeah. It's Lisa Xfinity. <laughs> okay, so my predictions, Kansas. Uh, drum roll, please. Drum roll is going to be very quick because I'm just going to go out. Kansas is not one of those tracks that I get up for. You right. know, not like I get up for Talladega and Daytona. So I am going to go with Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin to win. Right on. Actually, you know what? I'm going to retract that. I'm I'm feeling like my quiet assassin has got to do something. And if you listen, you know, that's Matt Kenseth. So yeah. I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth and Kyle Busch. So Kyle Busch is my pick to win and Matt Kenseth is my dark horse. Wow. So we're we're kind of almost on the same level this weekend then. Yes, indeed. Fantastic. I tell you, Tam, it's always nice to, you know, when we do the predictions and we tell who our drivers that we think they're going to win. And there was a moment there, if you remember, where I was hot. (laughs) Then I always seem like I have this vibe or this feel of a driver that's going to pull it off. And I know fans in general that listen to our podcast have to have that same kind of feeling. And I always like to have our fans that listen to our podcast, Tam, to hit us up on our social media. If you have a driver that you think is going to win, let us know who your pick is. Let us know who your dark horse is. You can hit us up on our Twitter account, which is at Turns No Breaks. That's at Turns No Breaks. And uh, please interact with us. Me and Tam always try to retweet or uh, respond to anything that you guys tweet with us on our social media account. You can find us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram and check out all the pictures that Tam has taken from Talladega. She has more stuff that she's going to post. So be sure to take a look out for that. And Tam, where can they uh, find you at? You can find me at I am sincerely Tam across the board, Instagram, Twitter, and yeah, Instagram, Twitter, because I kind of abandoned Snapchat. So, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you could definitely find me on Snapchat, Twitter. And Instagram at It's Renee Garcia. That's at It's Renee Garcia. And thank you guys for listening to us. Please hit us up. Please, please, please hit us up on iTunes. Please subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, anybody who's a NASCAR fan to subscribe to our podcast. Please rate it, review it, leave us a comment. We really do appreciate your support and your interaction with us. For Tam, for myself, for Alters No Breaks, which is a podcast for fans, by fans, we thank you for listening. Be kind to each other and have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 